0: Which we're continuing in our sermon series that we started this month entitled "Fearless," and, and we're talking about a lot of the fears that each and every one of us have and the things that we, we struggle with. And today, what we're going to discover through God's word, how to overcome the fear of failure. The fear of failure. In Psalm 27, verse 1, it says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then it goes on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Church, I want to remind you, as I have every single week this month, that fear does not come from God. Fear truly does not come from God. God wants to replace the fear that any one of us have with faith. Because he has not given you a spirit of fear that comes from the enemy. And I believe that God has brought some of us here today for this moment to hear the word of God in a way that's going to transform you, the way it's going to change who you are so that you will never be the same. And then there's others of you, you've come here today and you're living in a state of disobedience. To your heavenly father, I want to tell you this morning that God is calling you to do something. He's calling you to take a leap of faith today. And as we listen, as we hear God's word, I believe with all my heart, he's going to stir faith within you, that you will be moved by the power of the spirit to the point of radical obedience. So today, church, some of you, you might need to take a step of faith to try to accomplish something that that without God, it will definitely fail. He might be calling you to that, but with the presence of God, God will call you to succeed. And so as I believe everything I said this morning, I also believe that if we take a step of faith, every single one, if we take a step of faith, the enemy would try to keep us down and talk us out of trying. So this morning, I want you to realize that the enemy is going to tap in to one of your greatest fears, church, one of your greatest fears, and that is the fear of failure. He's going to try to convince you, and you're going to roll through your mind, you know, you know what, what is it? Why am I not good enough? You know, why, why don't I measure up? And what if I try once and, and fail again? See, the enemy, why will he tap into every fear that we have, the greatest fear that we have, the fear of failure? I want you to write this down. Very first thing I want you to get this morning. Every one of us, at one time or another, we fear failure. We fear failure. At one point of life, we feel that failure. But see, the good news is this. God, remember this, church. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He has not given that to you. And he will help you overcome that fear of failure. So as we talk about the fear of failure today, let us start to understand that giving in this fear can cost you, church, way more than you realize. Think about this, how often are you afraid to do something because you're afraid you're going to fail at it? You're afraid you just aren't good enough, you're not going to make it. And so the fear of failure can cost more than most of us realize. See, Jesus told this story, a parable, that help illustrates the cost of the fear of failure. So he told of this guy, the master, right, church, who went on a journey. And before he went on this journey, he called three of his people in. And to one guy, he gave five talents. And if you don't know what that is, it's not a coin, church. It's like a sum of money. It's like if I say, I'll give you a grand, like a $1,000, right? A grand. A talent is like a sum of money. So he called this guy in. He gave him five talents. And he gave another guy two talents. And then the third guy, he gave one talent. And basically, church, what he said is he said, I'm going to be gone for a while. I want you to take care of business for me. I want you to take care of business for me. So the first two guys, here's what they did. They, they, they had evidently overcome the fear of failure. And so these two guys, they went out and they invested. They weren't afraid. They took some risks. They invested an the amount of money and they doubled it. But see, church, the third guy, here's where I really want to hit it home today. The third guy... Like many of us, he was paralyzed by fear. He was paralyzed by fear. And instead of taking a venture of faith, instead of taking a risk, instead he played it safe, like a lot of us do. And he buried his talent to keep it safe. And see, when the master came back, here's how the story goes. If you will look with me in Matthew chapter 25, in Matthew chapter 25, Verses 24 through 28, it says this. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. In verse 28 says this Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. I want you to see something here, church. <coughs> in verse 25, check out what he says. He says, I was afraid. I would lose your money. Church, that servant was paralyzed by fear. He was afraid of failing. He basically was saying, I was afraid, master, of letting you down. You know, I might not succeed, so I was afraid. So I went and I hid your money in the ground. See, you can almost even gather a sense of pride that this guy had for what he did. He was like, here's what's yours. I took care of it. What did the master say? <laughs> did the master say, you know, good job? You play it safe? No, he didn't. He said, Great, man, you didn't you didn't risk anything. He didn't say that. He, he didn't say, I, I'm proud of you for guarding what I gave you. No, he said the opposite in verse 26. It says, But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant, gather crops, I didn't cultivate. So basically, church, the fear of failure paralyzed this guy. That which he guarded, he ended up losing in the end. He ended up losing. Remember, he said, give that talent to the guy that's got 10 bags of silver. You know what, church? I want to remind you, God has not given us a spirit of fear that is completely from the enemy. But instead, what he's given you is a a spirit of power, right, to overcome. I read this story this past week about a scientist. He was studying some monkeys. (coughs) He put four monkeys in a cage. And what he did, he put a really large stalk in the middle of the cage going all the way up to the top. And at the very top, he he put bananas up there. And so what he did, the monkeys, when they would realize the bananas up there, one would go up the stalk. And when they would get almost to the bananas, he would squirt them with water and they would instantly come down. Then the second one would try it, he'd squirt them. The third, try it, he'd squirt them. The fourth, same story. And so now they would suddenly stay at the bottom of the cage, would never attempt to go up to grab the bananas. So the scientist decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to replace the monkeys one at a time. So he'd put a brand new monkey in there, take one out, and that brand new one, he would try (coughs) to go for the bananas. He would squirt him, he'd come down. When then the second, the third, and the fourth ones he put in there, he never squirted, them, but you know what happened? They never tried. They never attempted because they thought, church, it was impossible. Let me make a promise to you this morning. Whenever you sense God calling you to take a step of faith, whenever you sense God, to, he's calling you to take a, a risk, you can be assured, church, that people, often the ones that you love the most, will tell you it won't work. They'll tell you there's no hope. They will encourage you with words like, it'll never work. It's never going to happen. You're no good. You know what? You failed the last time you tried it. Or they'll give you this story, you know what? I tried it once, it didn't work. Don't even bother, right? See, that's the thing. They'll even look at you and say, you know what? This is a stupid idea. You might as well give up. Don't even try. You're going to fail. Church, get this this morning. Please don't let someone else's fear or failure hold you back. Don't you let somebody else hold you back like that. Don't you let someone else's past or or their hesitation talk you out of doing something that you know for a fact that God wants you to do. You don't let them do that. So as we talk about fear of failure, I really and truly have to admit to you this morning, growing up, my, my, my fear, my, my biggest fear was honestly adulthood. <laughs> it really was. I remember graduating. I, I, can, I can still feel the feeling sitting out there on the field at Beaver Local on the football field on a Sunday afternoon for graduation Sunday, and I'm sitting there. All my buddies are around me. They are excited. They're celebrating, and I'm sitting there going, I don't want to leave because I knew what was next. I had to make decisions. I had to grow up, Right? And the whole time I'm sitting there, you know, I'm thinking about, what if I don't get a wife? What if nobody will have me, right? What, you know, what, what if I don't find a good job? What, what, what if I don't make it through college? Man, my mind was just rolling and swirling. And this is the problem I've dealt with this a lot of, of my life. That fear. You know, what, what if my kids, if my kids weren't going to be healthy, man, I could go on and on and on all day long. What if this, what if that fails, right? What if I'm a failure? Church, it, it was a fear of failure that honestly paralyzed me. It did. I, I didn't know what way to go and what to do. And it, it is exactly where some of you might be right now in your life. Things are changing for you, and it scares you, it paralyzes you. And you know, you know this, church, you know there's something that God wants you to do. I can't tell you enough times sitting in this church that God, number one, he doesn't make junk, church. God does not make junk. He created you. His number one purpose when he created you was for you to worship him, first and foremost. That is what you were created for. You weren't necessarily created to be a teacher or a doctor or a banker. No, you were created to worship God. But then he also created you with a purpose that you have something that God wants you to do. Every single person who can hear my voice, that is for you right now. God has a purpose for you. But a lot of people, they're afraid to do it. They're afraid that it's not going to work out. They're afraid that things won't go smoothly for them, right? Or, or, or what What if I, I heard God wrong? Maybe, church, just maybe, It's fully surrendering to God this morning. You're afraid to fully surrender him. Maybe it's you giving some things up that he wants you to get rid of, right? We always like to turn the channel on that one, don't we? When God's telling you, you need to give that up. You're like, oh, I gave up a lot of other stuff, Lord. Can I just keep this one thing, right? Or you you play that that, that game that 10-year-olds play. I didn't hear that. Maybe, church, maybe. A lady just told me this a couple weeks ago. Maybe, just maybe, you, you want to worship. You come to church on Sundays, and you really and truly want to worship. I'm talking about you want to clap. You want to sing loud. You want to raise your hands. But you've got a fear. You've got a fear of what people around you are going to think or what people are going to say about you. Maybe, church, it's sharing the love of God in the intimacy of a covenant of marriage. But yet you've been burned in past relationships, and you feel like you just can't trust people. Maybe, church, it's the biblical tithe. God is calling you to, to give 10%. Returning the first 10% is what God says, actually. Not your leftovers. He wants the top of it. He wants the, the first 10%, and he wants you to give it back to him. You may be like, oh, I can't. I can't do that because what if, right? What if I can't go? To Tim Hortons seven days this week won't have enough money for that Lord right (laughs) gentlemen I'm gonna pick on you fellas for a minute here God may be calling you out and you've been ignoring him he's calling you to be the spiritual leader of your family you don't know what that means church it means this you set the pace in your house yes that we Everyone who lives in this house, we're gonna serve the Lord here. And we're gonna serve Him well. Not just once in a while. Not just we're gonna pray together as a family for Thanksgiving. No, we are gonna lead our houses. We're gonna be the leader of our family, praying with them, leading them, setting the example. But because of fear, men, sometimes we don't do that. Because of fear. Maybe you're supposed to teach a, a life group, start a life group. Maybe it's a simple church. It is as simple as this, that you feel that God is calling you out, that you make people feel comfortable in church, that you are grading people, that you are getting them connected, that you are doing these things. And, but you know what? You're paralyzed by fear because like, what if I don't remember their name? <laughs> probably won't remember yours either. It's just the point, church. It's called the fear of failure, the fear of failure. Every single one of us, we fear failure. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't. So as we dig deeper into what God has called us to do, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three biblical principles to overcome fear in your life. The very first one, this is so simple, church. Get this. Make sure you get this. Is this, you will fail. (laughs) Bible tells us that right in Romans chapter 3. All men and ladies, by the way, we all fall short of the glory of God. That means you're going to mess it up. You are going to fail some. Unless you are Jesus Christ or unless you don't try anything at all in your life, you're going to fail. Here's what I want to tell you, church don't fear it, but embrace it. Don't fear, but embrace it because it's part of the growing process. You're growing. When you mess something up, you're growing. In James chapter 3, verse 2, I love how James puts it. It says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. How many of you know that person who thinks they're perfect? If it's your spouse and you're sitting by them, don't look at them right now. If you already did, Marriage counseling is on Wednesdays down here at the church. <laughs> You're going to need it. It comes down to this. Seriously, thinking about how many of you are in control, control of your... This thing's making me crazy. All right, I'm done. Okay, good. Controlling our tongues. How about that, church? <clears throat> Isn't that hard? Controlling your tongue. I mean, you, as it's coming out of your mouth, you know you shouldn't be saying it, but yet you still... Play that card, don't you? It's coming out, and you're like, well, oh, I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Right? Somebody's going to hear it. Somebody, I'm going to give it to them right now. Controlling your tongue is hard. I can remember church a few years back, literally just a very few short years back, I remember saying one time something to somebody that I shouldn't have. It's Saturday, and I said something as it was coming out. I didn't stop it. I knew it was wrong, and I said it anyways. And then it was something damaging, too. And then what happened is the next day I had to preach. So I stood in that pulpit, and as I preached, in the back of my head, you know what was going on? (laughs) All I could do was think about what I said the day before. That's all I could think about what I said the day before. In the back of my head, all I could hear was, you're a loser, Mark Blakely, right? You know, you're no good. You are a hypocrite. You don't deserve to be here. You shouldn't be doing this. You're a failure. That's all I heard that whole time, church. And so really, I really and truly want you to write it down. You will fail. But, church, when you fail, here's what I want you to get. Allow yourself to feel disappointment because you're going to fail. Allow yourself to feel disappointment, but not disapproval. There's a difference there, church. It's you you should feel disappointed when you do something that's not right, but don't you dare feel disapproval. See, God can also be disappointed that you did it, but he does not show you disapproval. Because you know what? God still loves you. He really does. He still loves you. And just because you failed at something doesn't mean, church, that you're a failure because failure is an event. It's never a person. You, you, You are not a failure. You might have failed at something, but you personally are not a failure. Not only, though, church, will you fail, but at times, you know what? God will allow you to fail. How many times have you failed at something? You're like, man, God, why didn't you stop me? You know what? God's sitting on his throne in heaven going like, I really tried. You didn't listen. You didn't pay attention. I was speaking to you. But you let the, the noise of the world around you overpower my words. Not only will you fail, but at times God will allow you to fail. And see, here's the key. Because he knows that through failure, he knows that through failure that he can do something that you wouldn't let him do otherwise. Because when we fail, sometimes we're humbled, aren't we? We're humbled. Pride gets in the way a lot of times, all the time, actually, church, of God doing what he wants to do in your life. But when you're humbled, he can do something. Man, just like Peter, I I love the stories of Peter in the Bible. I really do. See, Peter was known for succeeding great, right? I mean, he did some amazing things, but he was also known for failure. We're talking big-time failure. Big-time failure. You know, remember when, when, when the disciples together right before Jesus is going to go to the cross, you remember Peter, and he's telling Jesus, I'm your guy. I'm your guy, Jesus. I, I, I'm your guy. You know, I will never deny you. I will never leave you. Man, we are in this together. No matter what shakes down, Jesus, I'm right here with you. I'm your man. Jesus says, uh, Peter, you know what? Before the rooster crows, Three time. You're going to deny me three times? And so what happened? Satan, Satan's like, man, I'm going to test this guy. i want to test this guy. And Jesus, do I have permission to sift him like wheat? Jesus, said, take your best shot, right? Jesus allowed it, church. He allowed it, and then something And he said something to Peter, very interesting. Listen to what he said. He said, after you have overcome this, Peter, I'm going to pray for you that from this point forward, your faith does not fail. And then it comes to pass that Peter did exactly what Jesus said he would do. And he didn't just do it once, church. He did it three times. You know what, church? He failed big time. I know there's a lot of people in my lifetime I've let down. There are. There's a very long list of people that I've let down in my lifetime. I can't even fathom looking Jesus face to face, walking with him, seeing all the amazing things that he did. And even when Jesus says, you're going to do this, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. And then it comes to pass that I do it three times. And Peter and he failed big time. But what did Jesus do, church? After the resurrection, Jesus loved him through his failure. He loved him. He loved him right through his failure. And I guarantee you, church, I guarantee you what Peter saw as a huge setback. How many times have you done something? You're like, oh, that just put me way back, didn't it, right? You maybe have goals and you screw something up and you mess it up really bad. and That just put me back behind. What Peter saw as a huge setback, God saw as a huge setup for what he wanted to accomplish, what he wanted to accomplish. God did something in Peter before he did something through Peter. Church, get that. He did something in him before he did something through him. And God wants to do something in you. See, Peter, church, the guy who failed temporarily, that was the guy that God used on Pentecost to preach to 3,000 people? 3,000 people were saved. The church got set up. Just remember this, you will fail. Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says this to us this morning. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says this, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. That when you go through troubles, church, when you go through problems, when you go through trials, when you have struggles and issues in your life, we know that they help us develop endurance. It means it will strengthen you, it will carry you, it will move you forward. But man, in Romans chapter 5, it says we can rejoice. How many of you are rejoicing in your setbacks? How many of you are rejoicing in your problems, in your struggles? We don't look at it that way, do we? No. No. Failure can, church, be good for us, so so don't fear it. Thought number one, you will fail. Thought number two, church, is this, you can overcome. You can overcome those failures. You can overcome those failures by the Spirit of God, right? By the words of your testimony, by the blood of the Lamb, you, church, can overcome. You can overcome it. Proverbs chapter 24, if you look at it with me, 24 verse 16, it says this, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Man, I really like that. For the righteous fall seven times. And what does it tell us they do, church? They get back up. They get back up. You fall down, you get back up. You might have the wind knocked out of you. It might take you a second to get back up, but you get back up you move forward, right? It says, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. So the righteous, church, the righteous, those are us, those of us who have been made right through Jesus Christ, we get back up. You get back up. We rise again. We get knocked down. We get back up again. And then when we stumble, church, you get back up again. Failure, listen to me, failure is the price we pay for the road to God's success. Hear it out. Failure is the price we pay for the road to God's success in our lives. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says this to us. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Man, you read the first the first portions of that verse. It says, let us not become weary in doing good for the proper time we will reap the harvest. And you're like, yeah, that's for me, I'll take it. But you have to get that second half of that. That's only if. So there's a clause in there. There's a but. There's an if. That is only if you do not give up. You can't give up. How many times do you want to give up? How many of you, you prayed for something yesterday And you're mad at God today because he didn't fix it already. You don't give up. You keep praying. Man, you look all through the Bible, right? Look at all the characters of the Bible. Some of them people, man, they prayed not just for a day, not just for a week, not for a month. We're talking years. But they stood in faith of knowing God is going to take care of this. I know it's coming. I just don't know what day. And look at Abraham and Sarah. Those people waited forever for that baby. I thought nine months was a long time to wait for a baby. They waited a long time, but they stood on God's promise. They stood on his promise. And so this morning, church, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, did you hear that, the proper time? It didn't say your time. It doesn't say your timeline. It doesn't say what you want. It doesn't mean what you circled on the calendar is a date. It, no, it says the proper time, and the proper time is God's time. And you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do you understand what a harvest is? It doesn't mean you go out and pick one tomato off the tree, okay? You don't. It, that's not how it works. The harvest, I mean, the harvest, you're bringing it all in. That's what it is. So let us not become weary, church. Quit getting tired of it. In doing good for at the proper time, that means God's time, you will reap a harvest, not just one little thing. I'm talking bringing it all into you if we do not give up, if we don't give up. See, it doesn't matter what happens to you, church. It matters what happens in you. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It matters what happens in you. Thought number one, you will fail. Thought number two, you can overcome. And thought number three is this. Get this, church. You must take faith risks. You must take faithful risks. Do you realize you cannot please God without taking faith risks. And you're like, that sounds ridiculous, preacher. I'm gonna prove it to you right now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. And it says, and without faith. Did you hear that, church? Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You're seeking him. You're looking for him, right? So without faith. Church, without faith, I'm talking about stepping out of our comfort zones into that land of faith. It is completely impossible to please your God. I'm talking about stepping out, believing in him. Church, you cannot play it safe and please God. You can't play it safe. We want to do this, right? We want want to bury our talent. (laughs) That doesn't please God, right? You realize the things that God has given you? He's given you skills. He's given you abilities. He's given you gifts. And a lot of you guys, you're burying it like, oh, I don't want to use it. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid what people's going to think about me. And we're living to please man instead of pleasing the God who gave you those gifts. So without faith, it is impossible to please God just like Peter in the New Testament, right? People say that Peter failed when he tried to walk on the water. If you don't know the story, I'll give you the quick rundown of it. It goes like this. Jesus was walking on the water towards the disciples out on the boat. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. And he said to the 12 guys in the boat, he said this, who wants to come out here with me? Basically, that's what he said. Who wants to come out here with me? Who wants to give it a try? Peter, Lord, I'm coming. I'll come out there. Peter took a few steps, man. He was walking on the water. It was a miracle. He was walking on the water, and then the Bible says this. It says that he looked away from Jesus. He saw the wind, and he saw the waves, all the negative stuff around him. The moment that he took his eyes off Jesus Christ, he started to sink. He started to sink. And I heard a guy one time, he said this. He said that Peter failed that day. I don't believe that. I don't, He did. He, he, he took his eyes off Jesus Christ, and he started to sink. Here's who I believe failed. The 11 guys who stayed in the boat, those are the ones who failed because Jesus said, come on out here. He didn't just look at Peter and say, no, Peter, you come. He said, come on out. Come out here to me. The ones who didn't have faith. Peter took a huge faith risk, and he stepped out of that boat. And how many of you are afraid? You're afraid to take a faith risk. You're afraid to step out of that boat. You know for a fact that God is calling you into some kind of a life. Maybe it's a life centered around him. He's calling all of us to that. Maybe you haven't taken him up on that yet. Maybe God is calling you into life to to start something, to do something, to be an example, to live a model. All you teenagers who are sitting here today, do you realize God has a calling on your life too? He's calling you to be an example, a shining light in your school. But do you have the faith to do that? Or are you looking at all the junk around you, the wind and the waves and all the negative stuff, and you're afraid to step out of the boat? Peter took a huge faith risk. He stepped out of the boat. Church, hear me out this morning. You cannot play it safe and please God. For years, my greatest fear was failure. Still struggle with it sometimes. The fear of failure. And for some of you, write this down this morning. If you're writing things down, this is your greatest fear. It's the fear of failure. And if you let this overtake you, if you let this overtake you, it will cost you more than you can imagine, church. The greatest fear, the greatest fear of failure will lead to your greatest pain. You know what your greatest pain is? Regret. Regret. I can't tell you how many times, you know, the, the older you get, you start to reflect more on the past, right? Right? You know, when I was a kid and, and these 90-year-old ladies, they all they want to do is talk about the past. I'm like, ain't you got nothing else to talk about? It's because there's so much behind them, right? You reflect more. The older you get, you reflect on the past. And you realize that we have those regrets. And there's a lot of times I'll wake up in the morning and, and these regrets will flood over me. Yeah, you know, I, I got three, God blessed me with three young men in my life. And and I'll sit there, and I'll start having regrets. Well, I should have did this. I should have said this. I should have handled it like this, right? You know, when when you have more than one kid, you know, your your, your first one, honestly, let's be straight up. It's a guinea pig. You're learning. You really are. You're learning. You don't know nothing about it. I didn't read none of them books. You learn as you go. I I tell my oldest son, Jordan, all the time, we grew up together. We did. (laughs) I was 24 years old. I didn't know nothing about that. And so you you make mistakes. You're like, all right, the next one, I ain't going to make those mistakes. And you you have another one, right? And so you make sure you you don't make those same mistakes, but the next one has a completely different personality, different drive. They do different things. And so you're learning again, aren't you? And man, by the third one that comes along, you're like, I got this. No, you don't. You really don't. And so you have all these regrets, don't you, church? You do. You have these regrets of I shoulda, coulda, woulda. But you know what? How many of you have regrets because you're afraid to try something? Man, in Acts chapter 5, Peter was preaching The Bible talks about this very clearly. Peter was preaching, and he got beat up because he was preaching. And let me tell you what, in the Bible times, when you got beat up, it didn't mean that someone clocked you in your jaw and walked away. They beat you up. You were a bloody pulp laying on the floor when they were done with you. And the Bible says that Peter was preaching. He got beat up. He got thrown in jail, and then he got out. And you know what Peter did? He preached again. The Bible says he preached again, he got beat up, and he got thrown in jail. And the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Council, the courts, the Sanhedrin said this, we got to stop this dude and all his buddies, they're completely out of control. And a very wise Pharisee stepped forward and he gave this speech in Acts chapter five. I love this speech. It's one of my favorites in the Bible. In Acts chapter five, verse 38 and 39 says this, therefore, in the present Case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Check out what he says in verse 39. He said, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. What a rousing speech that is, church. He flat out, straight up told them. Because I asked the praise team to come up here this morning. Do you realize, church, we need to take a piece of what I just read to you from Acts chapter 5. Do you realize if God is calling you to something, if it is from God, no matter how many setbacks, no matter how many bumps, no matter how many bruises that you have, you will not be able to stop what God is going to do. And nobody else can either. Nobody can. So church, I want to encourage you today to take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. I'm talking about quit being afraid of everything. I'm talking about getting out of the boat, believing in God. Church, taking that faith risk. If it's your own idea, you're going to sink, church. But here's the cool part. God will help you overcome it. And if it is of God, no person is ever going to be able to stop it. That blows my mind. That nobody will be able to stop it. One time I went over to my son and daughter-in-law's house and and my granddaughter Charlie was jumping on this trampoline that she got and and we pulled in and I got out of the car and I went over there. And she was so excited to see me. And so just in one jump, I mean, I wasn't ready for nothing. and one jump, she just leaped out to me. And I caught her, luckily. And I put her down I began to scold her. I said, Charlie, you don't do that. What were you thinking? And you know what she said to me? She said, Papa, I knew you would catch me. Think about that, church. Some of you that God is calling you to take that kind of leap. I'm talking about a leap of faith that you just jump out and do what he's calling you to do. And here's what it is, church. Remember, he's going to catch you. He's going to sustain you. He's going to see you through. And remember this, there is no power that can ever stop the perfect will of God in your life. No power. So this morning, church, what faith risk is it that God is calling you to take? maybe church it's this maybe this morning you might be sitting here you've never given your life to jesus christ and he's calling you out this morning he's saying guess what i want you to take a step of faith you trust me that i'm going to take care of you you've heard about my promises to you you know that i'm preparing a place for you and i will come back to take you to be with me but it only comes through my son jesus so this morning, if you feel that, the Holy Spirit's talking to you, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I wanna encourage you, you come forward. Man, we will, you don't have to know it all, you don't have to have the Bible memorized, we will walk you through it. All you have to do is have that faith to step out of the boat and say, God, I'm coming to you, I'm gonna keep my eyes on you. I'm gonna pay attention to you and you only, not the, the, the screams of the world. You come forward, the rest of you, maybe you're sitting here today, you're realizing you're even having some regrets that you know that Jesus has been calling you out of the boat and you're still sitting there in fear because you're afraid that you're going to fail. But you know what? You need some prayer this morning to to sustain you, to strengthen you, to encourage you. If you need that this morning, I want to encourage you. You come forth. We have people up here that will pray for you. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing, but I really and truly want to encourage you to respond.